In his book, Reappearing Church, Australian pastor Mark Sayers offered a stinging critique of what many in our world are experiencing right now. He says, the promises of our cultural and political elites that things will get better are falling flat. We have endless opportunities to pursue pleasure in our desires, yet so many of us are miserable and anxious. We can traverse geography, time, and space, yet loneliness is growing. Silicon Valley's promises that a world connected by social media will be a better, more tolerant world now look ridiculous. The assurances that a globalized world will be a fairer, more peaceful, and prosperous place seem shaky. These failed promises are fueling a growing sense of dissatisfaction, a desire to see things change, a hunger for a vision of personal and social life in which humans flourish. He wrote these words in 2019, before 2020. How much more relevant do they seem to our lives and our world today? And so if we're honest, the world has offered us a ton of promises and paths to find a good and meaningful life. The question is not whether or not they work. We see the evidence that they will fail us. The question is, do Jesus' followers have a better way? Or do we just fall for the same promises and offers and paths that everyone else does? Do Jesus' followers have a unique vision for what it means to be a flourishing whole human in the world? And the events of the last 12 months have accelerated the need for us to know the answer to this, right? It's so important that as we think about our lives and our spiritual journeys and our church on the other side of the pandemic, that we understand what's a priority for us, that as our lives have been scrambled and our rhythms and routines have been tossed up in the air, what is important for us as we seek to build, to rebuild, to move forward with our lives and with our church and with our world, what should be the priority? And so over the next five weeks, we want to talk about some of the priorities that we should have as Christ followers to build our lives on what Christ wants to do with us and in us and in the world. And so we're going to talk about what's first, and we're going to look at several different subjects. We're going to look at Christ before self and covenant before consumerism and community before individualism, faith before feelings, and Scripture before screens. Now, what I want you to notice is that none of those things on the right-hand side are bad things. They're actually just normal things that we're going to experience as we live in the world, right? You're, you're going to be a self. You're going to be an individual. You're going to be a consumer. You're going to buy stuff. You're going to have feelings. You're going to use devices and screens. The question is, how do we prioritize the right things so that as we go through the everyday things of life, we're building our lives on the right thing? How do we make sure that we're ordered in such a way that we are formed by what Christ calls us to? And so today we have to start here. 
We have to be in Christ before we can understand who we are meant to be in the world. You are a self. You are a human. You are an individual. We're all selves, right? And what I want you to see is that before we can understand who we are as a self with an identity and a purpose and things we want out of life, the Bible offers us a greater context for understanding what it means to be a human, a self in the world with an identity and purpose and wants and needs. But to understand that greater context, we have to look at Jesus. And so we're going to be in the, the letter to the Colossians in the New Testament in chapter 1, starting in verse 15. It'll be on the screens, but we'll be looking at different passages in Colossians for this whole series. So Colossians 1, verse 15. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Let's pause there. Because those are such powerful and beautiful words, and because you all are so awesome at reciting things out loud with us, I want us to read that line together out loud. Please join me. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. The Greek word that's translated as image is the word icon, E-I-K-O-N. It's where we get the English word icon, I-C-O-N. But the Greek word icon meant embodiment or essence. And so to use the word icon is not just to say, hey, they look like somebody. It's to say they are the embodiment of someone else. If you've heard someone say that a child is the spitting image of their parents, their mom or their dad, what they're not saying is just that they kind of look like them. What they're saying is that they're like, they're exactly like them. They act like them and they're the embodiment of them, right? To be the icon is to be the embodiment of God. It's actually the same word that's used to describe Adam and Eve in the Old Testament. It's the same concept that they were made in God's image, but whereas Adam and Eve do not actually handle being the image of God very well, Jesus handles it perfectly. And so Jesus is both the image of God and also the image of what humans were meant to be. And then the same verse tells us he's not just the icon of God, he's also the firstborn of creation. The firstborn. In the Jewish tradition, being the firstborn wasn't just about being chronologically first. It was about being first in, in terms of your importance. If you were a firstborn son, you were expected to be the future head of the household. And that had all kinds of weight and responsibility and expectations and authority. The firstborn was expected to lead the way for the family, to shepherd and to guide and provide for the family. And so Jesus is the firstborn. He leads the way for God's creation and for God's people. But what does that, what does that look like? What does that mean? So if we pick back up in verse 16, we'll see that the text starts to take on a poetic quality as it tells us more about what it means for Christ to be first. Verse 16 for in him, all things were created 
Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. So let's stop there. We can probably all think of someone in our lives who always comes in first. They were first in class, first to get their work done, first place in the competition. And the first sets the example for others to follow. Everyone else is trying to follow in the footsteps of the first. You might say that the first is the goal that everyone else is trying to get to. Well, Christ is the first in heaven and the first on earth, the first in power and the first in the church, the first in the resurrection. Jesus sets the example. He is the bar. His life is the goal for creation. And therefore, he is the goal of our lives. But I think the problem with that, the hard thing about that is, if Jesus is the goal, where does that leave us? It's not like we can just say, well, well, Jesus is first, but we'll settle for second. Like, we're not even on the team. We don't even get on the scoreboard. We don't even get the job. Right? We have no chance. I, I have a hard enough time being me most days, most, much less Jesus, right? But we have good news in verse 19. We're offered a little bit of hope. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, in Christ, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. The good news is that Christ also goes first in reconciliation. And we celebrated this truth last weekend with Christians around the world on Easter that you and I were separated, alienated from God and from the life that God had for us until Easter, until bloodshed on a cross, until resurrection power on the third day. The icon of God and the firstborn of heaven and earth sacrificed his life on the cross so that you and I could follow in the footsteps of the firstborn and to know a life that we could otherwise never have. Do you want to know what God looks like? Look at Jesus. Do you want to know what God acts like? Look at Jesus. Do you want to know what God loves like? Look at Jesus. Do you want to know how God uses power? Look at Jesus. Do you know what God desires for his creation? Look at Jesus. Do you know what God desires for your life? Look at Jesus. When we look at Jesus, we see who we are meant to be and what our lives should look like. Jesus Christ is the blueprint for creation and for our lives. He is the blueprint. Now, a blueprint shows you how a house or a building should be properly built 
how everything should be laid out and ordered so that the house will be built correctly. But if you don't follow the blueprint, things won't be ordered correctly and therefore the house will not be solid. It will crack. It will fail. It will ultimately fall apart. Jesus is the blueprint for how a human self should be properly ordered so that it is strong and solid that when the chaos of the world comes, that it stands firm. Theologian N.T. Wright says, Jesus is himself the one in whom we are called to discover what true humanness means in practice. We have so often settled for second best in our human lives. Jesus summons us to experience the genuine article. Are we settling for second best and for less than true humanness? Because we are building our lives by another standard other than Jesus, who is the one our lives should be built upon. Now, what does that mean? What we learn in the text is this. The blueprint of Jesus' life is the cross. And if I had to add words to that blueprint, I would add two words. Sacrificial love. The blueprint of Jesus' life is the sacrificial love of the cross. And so this morning, I want to challenge you to do an audit of your life up against the blueprint of the cross. And again, I think this is incredibly important as we imagine what it looks like to live coming through and on the other side of a pandemic. Because a lot of our priorities and our lives have been scrambled and there's enormous anxiety and stress around getting back to normal, whatever that means. And I want to be sure that we are talking about building our lives on the right foundation and based on the right blueprint as we consider what it looks like to build our lives through and on the other side of a pandemic. Now, before we do the audit, I also want to be clear that this isn't about giving you a quick and easy plan to a better life. It's about asking, are you building your life upon the sacrificial love of Christ, what Jesus has done for you. And so here's the blueprint audit. I want you to ask, is your life built on sacrificial love? Think about the way you spend your time. The way you spend your time and your energy, is it revealing that your life is built on the sacrificial love of Jesus? Think about how you spend your attention and what you give your attention to. I couldn't help but think of the little distraction devices that we scroll constantly. Is the way we use our attention built on the sacrificial love of Jesus? What about the goals of your life? What are you trying to accomplish and achieve? What are you trying to get to and what are you doing to get there? And does it reflect the sacrificial love of the cross? Think about your relationships. Who are you spending time with? Who are you investing in and who is investing in you? And what are you doing with those people that God has put in your life that he's called you to love? Are you treating them as if your life is built upon the sacrificial love of the cross? What about your resources? 
the way that you spend your energy, your money, the gifts you've been given, the blessings in your life, the way you use the resources in your life, do they reflect the sacrificial love of the cross? And then I could go on and on, but the last one I'll talk about is your spirituality, your religion, your faith. How are you doing with practicing your faith, with your commitments of practicing your faith, with your prayer and scripture and church and community and serving? How are you doing Because I think a lot of us have been disrupted and disoriented from the regular practices of our faith, and we might be struggling to step back into putting things in the right order based on the sacrificial love of Christ. If you did an audit of your life up against the cross and that blueprint, what would it reveal about what your life is built upon? And what would it look like to instead build your life first, on the sacrificial love of the cross. So when Christ is our blueprint, when the cross is our blueprint, then his love defines how we spend our time and our resources and our energy and our attention. It defines how we carry ourselves in the world, how we see and treat others, how we speak to others, how we love others is defined by the cross. Is your life built upon the blueprint of Jesus' sacrificial love or upon something else. Because we are all going to find our identity and our purpose, our selfhood, in something. For a lot of us, we probably just kind of DIY it and make it up as we go. And the temptation is to ask Jesus just to bless some other blueprint, right? Like that we might actually just make our own blueprint or find another one. We want to give Jesus a prominent place, but we don't want to build our lives on his blueprint. We want it on our own terms, and we would ask Jesus to bless some other blueprint, like a blueprint of a successful, growing church. I put that in there for myself. (laughs) Or a blueprint of a career, a blueprint of a perfect family, a blueprint of making a difference in the world by taking up some righteous cause, a blueprint of living our best lives through travel or experience or spending. And look, none of these are bad things. In fact, a lot of them are good things, but they are not the blueprints that your life was meant to be built on. They are things that you are to pursue once your life is built on the right foundation. When we build our lives on the sacrifice of Jesus, then whatever we decide to take on and whatever life throws our way, we are secure in our identity in Christ. We have to be in Christ before we can understand who we are meant to be in the world. The thing about a blueprint is you can't just look at it once and walk away and forget about it, right? You can't just look at the blueprint and go, yeah, 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 I got it, I got it. And then just go on your way and go from there. No, you have to go back to it over and over and over again. I don't have much experience building houses, but I have put together some Ikea furniture. You know, those multi-page pamphlets they give you and 
I have on occasion just glanced at it and thought, oh, seems easy enough. I, I got it. And you know, four hours later, one side of the dresser is on backwards and the foot doesn't fit and the drawer won't go in, right? Because I didn't keep going back to the, the blueprint, to the plan. And this is actually what we do in our lives, right? We think we've got this Jesus thing down. Yeah, 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 we got it, we got it, we got it. And then we just go along our way expecting Jesus just to keep showing up and blessing whatever we choose to do. We don't go back to the blueprint over and over and over again to make sure our lives are being built on the sacrificial love of the cross, on what Jesus has done for us. That's actually what's supposed to define us as we carry ourselves into the world. I'm going to call the band to come back up and join me as they're going to lead us in our closing song. As they're coming, I want you to see this quote by Anglican priest Stephen Sizer. Let the peace of Christ rule your heart. Let the word of Christ shape your mind. Let the name of Christ determine all your actions. Wherever you go, whatever you do, Whoever you're with, wherever you find yourself, go back to the blueprint every day, every hour if you have to, every minute if you have to. Remind yourselves of who Christ is and what he's done for you and how that's changed everything. Let's be people who continuously live on the blueprint of the sacrificial love of Christ that changes our lives and changes the world.